thank you guys, all of those that helped today. It was a really, really, really good day at the park. Um, Joy put all the games together, as far as I know. All the, they had, we had games and people that ran the games. It just, you know, it's it's interesting because you can come up with the vision, but if you don't have the people to actually fulfill the vision, nothing happens, right? It takes it takes a tribe to reach a community. It's not just one person. It really is all of us. And sometimes I think when we can think outside of ourselves, our problems and things that we deal with really become smaller. You ever notice that? So anyway, so thanks to all of you guys that helped. It was really, really amazing day. We went from there and, and came here. And so I'm, I'm still like digesting a hot dog. Don't do it. Let's not do the hot dogs next time. Let's do something like broccoli or something, man. Just like, dang. How many know that, you know, we're going to be starting this pre-service prayer. And we do prayer. Most of you probably don't even know that we do prayer, but we do prayer. Usually you see us right here in this little area here because we don't really have a room that we can go to and pray. You know, when we have a building, when we build, um, we will have a, a place, a prayer. I don't know if we'll have a prayer house or if we'll have something, but we're already going to have a prayer, a place that you can go and pray. Um, but you know that prayer is not um, a suggestion. Prayer is your obligation as a child of God. Do you know that prayer really is just communing with your father? And so we're trying, we're trying to figure out what to do and how to implement prayer because what, what we do sometimes and is we make prayer a ministry. Like we say, oh, prayer is for the intercessors. So let's get the intercessors praying. Yeah. Wrong. We need to get the intercessors praying. You got to pray. Yeah. I have to pray. Yeah. Pray is your intimacy with God, Right? So anyway, so we decided that we were going to at, at, so Saturday nights, starting at what time? 5.45. So the worship team will have to like really practice. <laughs> but at 5.45, the lights are going to be dim in here. There's going to be instrumental music playing to keep just the atmosphere nice and subtle. And you're welcome to come in here to sit, to come up here and pray. It is your time. How many like today would have been a really good time to do that? We come from doing all of this activity out there, you know, and then, and then you come in here and then just like you're supposed to do church and you're like, okay, just, whew, right? So that's why we want to do that. Sunday mornings, it's going to be at 9.15, 9.15 to about 20 minutes to church, the time that church starts. But it's going to be a time for all of us, anyone who wants to, it's not, not, you're not obligated to, but it would be good to come in here. And it's going to be a kind of a quiet zone where we can just come and just allow the Holy Spirit. How many, know, how many in here have ever marinated meat? Any one of you who cook meat without marinating shouldn't be cooking. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm Cajun. I come from Louisiana. And my mom would take a roast and she would take this piece of meat and she would like have on the side onions and garlic and green pepper chopped up real fine. And then she would make slits in the roast and she would stuff this roast with all of this onions and garlic and green pepper. And then she would take the roast and it would turn into a different color after she got done seasoning it. And then she would stick it in the refrigerator for like three days. It would just sit in there, you know, and just whatever. And then she would take it and she would cook it. You know, she would, she would cook it on the stove. Most, some of you guys cook roast in the oven or in a crock pot. I mean, there's times for that. But, dude, if you want to cook a roast, I mean, like, and really have it, like. So she would cook this roast. And usually we had roast on Sundays. So I would go to church. So my mom would get up early in the morning. She'd cook this roast. And I'd go to church. And I'd get a hug, you know, we'd hug people and they'd go, oh, your mama must be cooking some roast. <laughs> Why? Because I smelled like it. See, prayer is like marinating. Listen, prayer is like marinating in his presence. 
when, when, we, when we have that time with him and we're just, it's like marinating. And so when we're marinating in his presence and then when we're cooked, right? Come on. When we get thrown in the fire, what are we going to smell like? Like a good seasoned roast, baby. Right? So that's what we're trying, what we want to do. We want you to get involved in the, the prayer time. It's super important. It's just really, really important. All right. You guys ready? Say, yes, I'm ready. Say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. You know that every day is your choice if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. And even if it's a bad day, circumstances around you, you get to choose your attitude in it. You're like, no, you can't. Yes, you can. Is it your last weekend? And you're heading off to college. When do you leave? Wednesday. Wow. Garen, I pray. I feel you. I, f- I feel your pain. After, when my kids left, I mean, I cried for whew, long time. And then, you know, then you get used to them being gone. And then when they come back, you're like, how long you stand? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Garen has been, you have been here for, what, what age did you come here? I mean, it's not like you're like leaving forever, but like 10, 10 years old. And Garen has been a huge part of the worship team, and you've just been a real blessing to all of us. Um, on the, you're, not, you're not a part of a worship team. You are a worshiper who is a part of a team that worships. You know, that's the beautiful thing about having a team that actually performs and a team that worships. I think it's, it's, it's different. And so you've been a real blessing, and we're going to really, really miss you around here. It's going to be really weird not having you a part of something that is who you are. And I'm going to give you a word right now. And don't you forget who you are. You are going there and your feet are like, I, I see like big feet, but there's an authority that you're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to go on that campus and you are going to bring the kingdom of God to that campus. And the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, but the kingdom of God is the, is, has a king. A kingdom has a king. So you're taking the king with you where you go. So you, they will not influence you, but you will influence them. And don't you forget who you, who he has marked you to be. You're his son, you're his, and you don't waver. So I just believe that you're going to go and you're going to do some pretty great things there and mark some things. So why don't we just pray for Garen? How about that? Do you want to sit there or do you want to come up here? (laughs) We'll let you sit there and we'll come and pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for Garen. God, I thank you for Garen's life, Lord. And as he is like adulting into going off to college and doing these things, God, that his steps are ordained by you. And God, that you have your hand on him, your anointing upon him, and God, angels around him. And I thank you, Lord, that this isn't like the end of anything, but God, this is really the beginning of what you have for him. And Lord, I pray for visitations at night, God. I thank you for finances just being, um, just, just taking care of all of his finances, God. Every need will be met. And God, I thank you, Lord, that as he goes, Father, that he knows that you go before him and you go behind him. You're on the side of him and you're always, always, always with him. And God, I thank you for the mark that he is going to leave, that he will never forget who he is, who he is. It is branded on his heart. The identity on his heart is that he is a child of God, a son of God. And he's going to leave an imprint of his father on that campus in Jesus name and you're a worshiper and that's part of who you are you and your sister and your brother and your other brother we just got to get that other brother here come on right amen Whew. well God's faithful isn't he has God ever let you down Garen never never 
Don't forget all the encounters that you've had. Don't forget a thing. And when things get tough, always remember who you are. Go back to those times. Go back to those times that you've encountered him. Amen. How many know that we need kids? You know, sometimes we're afraid to send our, send our kids off to college because we're afraid what college is going to do to them, right? But how about, think about what damage they can have to the college there. Amen? We need to, we need to think. So sometimes we're too focused on all the things the devil's doing, and we forget. I think it was Ron Kinnear said that, that we should quit focusing on what the... What do you say something about like wherever there's a devil, there's an angel? There's, yeah, there's always, God's always around there, right? So, amen. All right. Let's get this party started. I've got 10 minutes. I'm kidding. Believing who you are is very vital. I'm probably going to preach on identity till the day I die because I realize that I, we always grow in who we are, in our identity. Who you are is found in knowing who Jesus is. He is the one that gives you identity. Your identity is found only in Jesus. If anybody in here is like me, we've tried to find identity in what we do, in the people we rub shoulders with, right? In, in careers, in family, last names. Identity is only found in your creator. And it's found in intimacy. Intimacy was said like this. Intimacy is this. It's in to me, you see. Intimacy. Intimacy with God is allowing God to see into you and you seeing in to God, into your Father. That is intimacy. I believe that we're coming into a season of not just knowing who we are, but actually believing who we are. Because you live what you believe, you don't live with what you know. We live what we believe. If I believe in pepperoni pizza, I'm going to be passionate about pepperoni pizza. Right? We live what we believe. You live what you believe. You're not what you do. I hear that too. I'm a mom. You're, you're a mom. It's a duty, but that's not who you are. Because when your kids grow up and go away, you won't have a meltdown. Our jobs as parents is to raise our kids and send them off to make more money than us so they can support us when we're old. And when they build a house, they can build a little room for us and we can move right in with them. And then they can take care of us because we took care of them. That's how it works, guys. Just saying that. So, Brandon, did you get that? I know you're on live stream, so make sure you get that. Listen to this. Our act of obedience will activate the supernatural in your life. Your obedience, we pray for the supernatural. We pray for things. We want to see a move of God. We want to see those things. Could it be that your obedience is going to actually activate those things in your life? God says, do this. Uh, uh, maybe not. Serving kids, church. Nah, that's not the, that's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. He says, be the welcome crew. Oh, that is not my thing. I don't like people. That used to be my thing. I don't like people. Somebody rebuked me. They're like, you should love people because Jesus died for people. Amen. How many have a hard time with people? Nobody? I used to work in retail. How many work in retail? Yes. You work in retail and you see a whole different side of people. Remember the back in the day when you used to have to clip coupons? You know? And I worked at the grocery store here in town that used to be Super Value. You guys remember Super Value? I worked at the Super Value. I was an assistant manager there. And we'd have coupons that would come out and there was always a free item with a $5 purchase. You guys remember those days? $5 purchase, that's like a loaf of bread today. But you'd get, a, you'd get a free something, like a free bag of potatoes or something like that, you know. 
And boy, I tell you what, if you didn't have those potatoes, I mean, you'd get uh, your, I mean, you'd get the what for from these people. I'm like, dude, I'll give you the dollar. That's how much the potatoes were. But we have to love people because Jesus died for people. But here's the thing. When you know who you really are, when we understand our identity and when we, when we really, really grasp who we are, a lot of things that we deal with in our lives, we wouldn't deal with. I believe this, that if you really, truly knew who you were, who you are, insecurity would be less. Right? I was just talking to somebody today before church, and we're talking about insecurity and talking about codependency. Anybody in here ever struggle with codependency or insecurity? I believe your identity being sure and founded in who you are, insecurity and codependency, we wouldn't have to have seminars on them. Because I know who I am and I don't need to be Becky. I know who I am and like one of my, my friends says, she says, I'm just not everybody's cup of tea. How many in here like Earl Grey tea? How many in here just prefer to have green tea? How many in here just don't like tea at all? How many like coffee? That's what I'm talking about. Coffee, tea. But isn't that something, though, is that we, when we can understand that I'm not everybody's flavor, how many like chocolate ice cream? How many like vanilla? Of course. This is, you know, in the north, you guys like bland and vanilla. Salt and pepper and vanilla. It's like you go down south and it's just like vanilla. No, I'm kidding. But understanding who we are, when I understand who I am, then I can take my place in the kingdom of God. We all have a place, say a place, and it's not your neighbor's place. It's your place. It's my place. It's your design. You're unique. You're you. Nobody else is you. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off that rampage, you guys, okay, with that. When I understand who I am, then I will learn and know how to live daily from being seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.6 says this, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. When I know who I am, I will always remember that I'm united with Christ. And when things around me seem to be in a whirlwind, I will remember, wait a minute, I'm seated in heavenly places. I have authority. I have position. I have perspective and perception from here. You guys catch that? My perspective and perception, my authority and position are from here. So everything that I do is from the position of being seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's my authority. It's what he's given me to do. I will see things differently. I will see things differently. I will see people differently. When I am in his presence... I talked about that a little bit with the marinating. When I'm in his presence and learning about who Jesus is, I am conformed into his image. You know that your responsibility, once you get born again, is to look like Christ. It's to look like him. How do you look like him? You spend time with him. You read his word. And you do what he did. Shake your head. Right. It's not just in marinating, although that's wonderful. It's marinating and then getting out from the marinade and going to do something. Right? Say do. Do. Do, 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 do. Second Corinthians 3.18 says this, So all of us have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him, say like him, as we are changed into his glorious image. You're not to look like your hero. 
You're not to look like a Bill Johnson, although I love Bill Johnson. You're not to look like Chris Valentin. You're not to look like anybody else but Jesus, right? We're to look like him. We have examples. Paul said that. He said, follow me because I follow Christ. We have examples. I have great examples that I want to follow. But the one I want to be like is him. Amen? Do you know what else marinating does? Anybody in here, how many do marinate food? Marinate food? Yeah, if you don't, you really should start. There's two things that marinade, marinating something does. <clears throat> this is what happens to us when we spend time in his presence. You guys want to know what they are? <clears throat> Number one, you taste better. The food tastes way better if you marinate it. <clears throat> the other thing that marinade does, how many know? Bingo. Tenderizes. Spending time in the presence of God will tenderize you. You will have, you will be flavorful to the world. You will smell like Jesus. Anybody in here ever walk into drags or walk into casa? What do you smell? You smell like it. You ever around somebody that maybe marinated in a little bit of bitterness? What does that smell like? <clears throat> right? Bitterness, jealousy. How about anybody that just kind of oozes out with jealousy? Or offense. You've ever been around anybody who's offended? What that feels like when you're around them? Or what does that ooze out of them? See, the thing that you marinate in, you will smell like. The thing that you marinate in will tenderize you. If you marinate in offense, if you marinate in, in jealousy, if you marinate in bitterness, that is what you will smell like. That is what will tenderize you. And everything that you see from that place that becomes a lens that you see, then you will be ticked off at everybody. And then life will suck. But when I am marinating in the presence of God, when I am marinating in prayer, when I am marinating in the glory of God, then I will not be offended. It's going to be really hard for me to be offended because I will be tenderized. Some of us need to spend time in his presence because we've got some issues right here with the heart. Right? But when, when I believe who I am, I will be able to trust God. I will obey his word. Say obey. That's become a four-letter word in the body. What? It's like we can live without obeying. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He said, if you love me, you will basically obey what I've said. He hasn't changed his mind. We read the word sometimes and we go, well, that's not for today. He didn't really mean that. He didn't really mean to, to wash the feet of, my, of people I don't like. He, he, didn't, he didn't say to love my enemies, you know, to do good to those that. Jesus actually said, he said, rejoice when you're persecuted. That's what he said. When you're persecuted. We're like, oh, that can't be, that can't, that can't be in there. We like the ones that says, you know, he will give you all the desires of your heart. We like those scriptures. We like, he will supply all of my needs. We like those. We're like, woohoo, praise Jesus. And he's like, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. You're like, do what? Did you mean bless? I don't think that word bless means bless, Lord. I, I think bless means, Right? I will obey his word. I will love those around me. Look at look around. You will love all of those around you. There's a, there's a scripture that even says this. It says to love your enemies, it's it's easy to love those that love you, but it's hard to love those that don't like you. Yeah. I have a few of those and I'm like, 
oh. It's like, Lord, can't you just, you know, like, no. He just brings more in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's one thing, 100%, that I can say that God has helped me love people. It was an issue in my life. I didn't like people. People can be mean and nasty. People that are supposed to love you talk snap about you, you know. But God has really given me a heart to love people. And if you have a hard time loving people, ask him to help you, and he will, 100%. Spend time in his presence. He'll marinate, tenderize your heart, and you'll be like all like mushy-gushy and, well, maybe not mushy-gushy. I'm, mush, I'm not really super mushy-gushy, but I do love people. I will, I will honor people. Say honor. Honor is another thing that is a lost art. I will walk in humility. When I know who I am, I will walk in humility. You know, there's a scripture in James chapter 4, and it says, Submit yourself to the Lord, James 4, 7. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I thought, how many of us are just rebuking the devil? Get thee behind me, I rebuke you, devil. And maybe it's a submission issue. Because before I can resist, it says to submit. Or another place it says obey. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Submit to the Lord. And then it says resist the devil. That word resist actually means standing firm in who he, in standing firm. I just like standing firm in who God is and then he has to flee. That's just a side note. Sometimes we don't need to cast out demons. Sometimes we just need to get on our face and submit and marinate in his presence. Just a thought. All right. When I'm confident in my identity and in who he says that I am, I will be able to celebrate those around me. I don't know about you guys, but when somebody gets something that I thought I should have, do we want to, like, throw a party and send them a card? One does, one don't. When I'm confident in who I am, I'm going to be able to serve and wash feet. 100%. And I believe that when I'm confident in my identity, I'm going to be able to live life offense-free. How many want to live life offense-free? I, I really do. I believe that God is breathing on this, and the way to do that is when I understand who I truly am. I want to read Luke 15. You guys turn to Luke 15. Luke chapter 15. How many know the story of the prodigal son? It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. How many have several favorite stories in the Bible? It's like I feel like I say every story is my favorite, but it's really my favorite. But I want to read in verse 25. So Luke 15, 25 through 32. You guys ready? <clears throat> meanwhile, the older brother, or excuse me, the older son, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother's back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf, and we are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All of these years I've slaved for you and never once and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back after squandering all of your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing a fattened calf. 
His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. I believe that we have more of an issue of the heart of the older brother than we do with the prodigal son. See, it's interesting because the prodigal son repented, right? He repented. Repentance takes us right back to the father. The older brother lived in the father's house. He lived in the father's house and yet didn't know the father. Is it possible that we can become born again and never know who God really is? I believe that if we really knew the Father, then we would be able to celebrate those around us. I believe if we really knew the heart of the Father that we wouldn't get offended with people. Or if we got offended, we'd go, Jesus, help me. The older brother was offended because his younger brother got a party and he didn't. Right? I don't think it was the party that offended him. I think that it was the condition of his heart. I think it was the condition of his heart. As we grow in relationship with the father and we're transformed into his image, offense will be less and less. I believe that we can live an offense-free life. 100%. 100%. The older brother served his father and he made mention of it to his father, didn't he? I did all of these things for you. I did all, look what all these things I did for you and you didn't give me a party. But if he would have known who he was, he would have known that he could have went and gave himself a party anytime he wanted. He could have had a fattened calf anytime he wanted. If I, have to, if I have to be acknowledged for the things that I do, then I'm serving for the wrong audience. Matthew 25 says this, it says, Jesus said this, when you do it to me, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Every time that you serve, you're not doing it for anybody else but for him. That's how it should be. When you say yes to any form of service, it should be yes because you're saying yes to him. The things that you do should be from a place of worship, from a place of being a child of God and saying, God, I'm doing this because I love you. Older brother syndrome is, I've, do, I've done all of these things and not one time have I been acknowledged. Not one time have I had a party. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's getting quiet in here. You guys doing okay? I'm going to have Amy come to the piano, please. Everything that we do should be for him. From him and for him. It should be for an audience of one, right? No matter what we do. I don't do this for you. I do it for him. And that takes a lot of pressure off of me. Because if I'm up here to try to make sure I say something that you guys will like, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Because I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But when I do what I do for him, I trust him and have his heart that he'll make everything okay. You guys get that? And I've, I've got to do something tonight. You guys doing okay? How can you live free from offense, believe who God says you are, humble yourself, 
and washed feet. I believe that those things are tests, those little things. I believe that these things will keep our heart postured in the right position to stay offense-free. I believe living offense-free really is just going low. When we feel that offense coming on, I think that with the person that we're offended with, we need to go buy them coffee or we need to send them money or we need to send them a text message or we need to do something if it's somebody close. Listen, the great calling and gifts on your life, I believe, are developed in serving and humility. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. There's so many people that just want to be a prophet. They want to be an apostle. They want to be an evangelist. They want to be a pastor. They want to be the fivefold ministry. What's my fivefold ministry gift? What's my whatever? What's my whatever? Those things, those things are developed in the dark room. Remember when, remember when film used to be in the dark room? Used to take the film in the dark room? Your calling, your gifts are developed in your humility. And if it's not developed in your humility, those things will kill you. 100% I believe that. You guys okay? Okay, I gotta do, I gotta do something. All right. Hannah, you wanna grab that for me? I'm gonna grab a chair. I believe that, you know, Jesus said this in Matthew 9, 37. He says that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And it's so interesting to me because it says in verse 38, it says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send workers. He doesn't say to pray for the harvest. He said, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest for laborers and workers. I believe that we're gonna see a mighty move of God in this season, 100%. In fact, I believe I heard the Lord say that there's a wave of glory crashing on the church. I believe that. And I believe it's gonna fall on a church with humility. I remember Carrie had that vision how many months ago? Last year, probably. And it was about a fire that she heard crackling in the back and then it was coming forward and it turned into water and it was flooding the church and it was his glory it was his presence and it came only knee deep and she asked the Lord what what was that because she wanted more fill us up fill us up overtake us and the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said if you go low right you'll be flooded so I believe it's a season that his glory will fall his the wave of his glory will crash on humility 100% And it starts in leadership. It starts in leadership. Humility starts in leadership. Amen. Humility starts in the home. Husbands and wives. We should be able to wash each other's feet. I don't like feet. I'm just not a feet person. I'm going to have to wash feet tonight. There's this thing of humility. Jesus himself in John 13 said he took off his robe, which represented taking off his Lord. He was Lord. He said, I am Lord and teacher. He took that off and put it aside and said, you know what? Right now, I'm not this. Put on the towel, wrap the towel around him. He took on the role of a servant and he washed the feet of his disciples. And I believe just like the, what you read this, this, I was gonna say this morning, tonight in Acts, where it said that they, they came together and they broke bread together. They sold everything they had so that they can just be together. Isn't that the craziest thing? And then it said that the numbers were added to the church daily. 
It's not a revival that's going to add to the church. It's the church coming into alignment and humbling themselves and letting people come close and discipling them. I believe revival will fall on that. Amen? Isaiah 60, 1 through 2 in the, in the Amplified. We might be here just a, a minute. It says this. This is, this is the word. This is a word for you guys. I know it's Saturday night. You guys are tired. We should serve coffee on Saturday nights, energy drinks, pizza, hamburgers, and french fries. Right? Yeah, that's revival. That's what I'm talking. It's a revival in my mouth, man. I know, after I had that hot dog, I'm like. <sighs> Isaiah 60, 1 through 2, it says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which your circumstances have kept you in. Rise to a new life. Change positions. Get up and move. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse 2. See, the darkness in the world is not a surprise. You guys listening to me? Verse 2. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord, say but, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you. If the glory, if you're not shining bright, we need to get on our face. Humility. And nations shall come to your light and kings to your the brightness of your rising. The nations will come, not because we have good church, but because the glory is on you and we're humble and that's what they're attracted to. Right? Lift up your eyes around you and see that all they all gather themselves together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be carried and nursed in your arms. Then you shall see and be radiant and your heart shall be thrilled and tremble with joy. Blah, 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 blah. Read it. It's good. Isn't that amazing? It's a season where the body is going to come together in unity. And unity, listen, there's no unity without humility. Zero. Unity is coming in one mind and one accord. And Jesus is the unity. He is, he, he is the only thing. Right? All right. I got to do one thing. You guys okay? I got to have Jessica come here. I was in worship, and the Lord told me I needed to wash your feet. I know. That's what I said, too. I'm not doing pedicure, sorry. No. But I felt what I, what I really felt like, I heard the Lord say that, that at wa washing your feet, I believed that there was going to be some healing that God was going to do and is probably going to do some healing and some joy and all that stuff, right? Amen. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. So I'm going to wash your feet. Will you sing, show me your face? I want you guys to just like, just worship the Lord. Amen. This isn't about me washing your feet. It's about what God's going to do in her. Amen. There's something that happens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, just thank you for the healing that you're doing in her life, God. I ask that you would just touch her heart, mend everything that is broken. Jesus Jesus stood Jesus on a mountain waiting for you to pass by you put your hand 
Jesus, we love you. Your face represents your presence. We got to have your presence. The one thing that we seek, the one thing that we desire more than anything is you. 
God, that we would posture our hearts in humility to go low, to wash feet, to walk in obedience, just to do what you've asked us to do. church, we're going to arise and we're going to shine. And people are going to be drawn to your glory and your presence in us. Our communities, our places of work, businesses are be saturated with your glory because we will carry your glory in those places represent you correctly. Lord, we love you and we thank you. God, I pray over all these people tonight that are here, that are watching online. God, that we'd have they'd have an encounter with you, experience you, that your glory would come upon them. Jesus' name.